We've got football coming up tonight. The NFL season kicks off with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Houston Texans. Out on the diamond, it was a beautiful day for some baseball. And heading into 2020, many people thought there would be no high school football. Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. You're listening to WNCT 9 on your side, Sports Talk, with sports director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, and Kelsey O'Donnell. on everyone and welcome into another edition of WNCT Nine Year Side Sports Talk. You're listening to myself, Kelsey O'Donnell, alongside sports director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight. And guys, we're in the full swing of things. We've got spring high school sports that begun. We've got ECU baseball that begins Friday. And Touchdown Friday is just around the corner to kick off this week's podcast and spring football season. Head coach at Tarboro High School, Jeff Craddock, joins us today. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Coach, obviously this has been a long year for all of us. How has your season looked for you? Have you overcome any challenges or maybe learned anything about your team through all of this coronavirus going on? Um, well, I've learned a lot, actually. I've learned to be thankful of uh, the, the things that we all take for granted, um, and that's, you know, regular normal life and being able to, to coach this great game with some of the best kids, I believe, in the country here at Tarboro uh, you know, the goal here is always to win uh, state titles. I think the Lord's been teaching me patience because, um, you know, obviously the last game we were able to play back in uh, December or whatever it was didn't really end so well for us. We felt like we really just didn't put our best foot forward. So usually when you lose a state title game, you cannot wait for the season to start. You just want to get that taste out of your mouth. And the only way you ever get it out is to get back coaching for the next year and you're just back in the swing of things. When you win a state title, you want the offseason to go as long as possible <laughs> because you just want to embellish, you know, hey, I don't want this feeling to, to go away anytime soon. And so I guess it's kind of ironic that, you know, we had one been blessed to win 44 in a row, and then we lose one. And ever since we lost that one, we haven't been able to get back out there and then play again. So I guess it's, it's taught me a little bit of patience. It's taught me to be thankful for what we've been able to do and this, uh, the type of kids and coaches that I have. So, um, you know, it's been different. Um, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I can't wait. Uh, we've had a good, um, you know, I guess a good long off season, but it's tough being away from your kids. It just really um, it shows you the appreciation of being with these kids on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, I've lost a few um, just because, you know, sometimes the idle mind is the devil's playground, as they say. And, you know, when you're not with these kids on a day-to-day -day basis, sometimes they can wander. And I, I think adults can actually do the same thing. So I don't think it's just a teenage kid thing. I think it's a people thing. So we face many challenges. We're facing one right now, as we discussed earlier. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe we're going to have a, an opportunity to play this great game. And I think we're going to have a great season. And I'm excited. Well, definitely a different season having playing in the spring this year. Do you guys feel prepared for the season? Well, I felt like we were definitely trending in that direction. Uh, we were having great practices, you know, early on. Uh, you know, I'm, it's been, it feels like so long ago, but like over the summer, you know, we had been shut down and we weren't allowed to practice or even lift weights, and a lot of schools around us were. And I was getting very concerned about that because you know you, you just can't replace hard work. It doesn't doesn't matter to me. You just work is work and um, you know I thought we do a great job at Tallboro of working hard day to day week to week month to month year to year 
and I felt like I was now missing that. But once we were able to finally get started and working out, you know, my, my kids were there. We were working hard in the weight room, able to get them practice. So I thought we did a really good job of playing catch-up up until I think it was Thanksgiving. And then, uh, you know, we quit going outside. Uh, we continued to lift till Christmas. And then we came back and we started right back in the weight room again in January. And uh, we started going outside again when we could. And, um, yeah, the kids were working hard. I mean, you know, are we are we ready to play a game? Uh, no, not yet. But um, uh, I thought we were, you know, well, we don't have to uh, play one until March the 5th. So when March the 5th comes around, we better be ready to play a game because, you know, that's that team across the county, our big rival. And, uh, you know, we're not going to have a scrimmage. And so we're going to be kind of just rolling out there and playing when it counts. So, but we'll be ready. Coach, how do you think the football is going to be starting out? Because I remember, I think it was two years ago, maybe three, we were at D.H. Conley on a Thursday morning for one of those morning scrimmages, and I think you had four false starts and two bad snaps in a row. It was crazy watching <laughs> Tarboro do that. And I walked away thinking, man, they may not be that good this year. And then you won a state championship and went ran the table. So it didn't hurt you guys. But, I mean, do you think you're going to see, you know, some sloppy football at least to start? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think you will. And I don't think it'll just be from my end. I think it's going to be, you know, across the board. Um, but you know what, you got to overcome it and you don't, you don't want the big turnovers. You don't want the big penalties, but what you want to do is, you know, one of my themes here and the, and the kids hear me say it all the time. I'm like, guys, we ain't, we don't have to be uh, no, I switch it because it's spring. Usually I'm like, guys, we don't have to be great in August. I want to be great in December. And so now it's guys, I, we don't need to be great in February, but we need to be great in May. And so I think we understand that, you know, are we going to be a little sloppy? Absolutely. I mean, you know, usually we have, like I said, uh, I love going over there and going against Coach Connor at Conley. Great coach, great program. It does us a lot of good. Then we're able to clean up some mistakes, and then we play in the Jamboree at Tarboro. Once again, we're able to evaluate film and, and clean up some mistakes, and you feel like you're pretty, you know, well to go for week one. Uh, but you take away those two scrimmages, you take away two film studies, you take away two chances of cleaning up some mistakes, and now you got to do that while playing. And, uh, you know, we got Riverside right after that, which is always a great conference game for us, and they do a great job over there. So we, we just got to be ready, and so does every team. And uh, we're not going to make excuses about it. We're going to play the best game we can, but obviously we're not going to be playing at, at the uh, the highest level we can at that point in time. That doesn't even sound right. Let's play our best <laughs> football in May. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, think about it. That doesn't even sound right. <laughs> Yeah, trust me, for 15 years, you know, as uh, maybe 16 years as the head coach, it's always been, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm patient, believe it or not. I'm like, we don't got to be great in August. It's always, it's always August and December, August December, and I've caught myself a couple times. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, it's February. Okay, we don't got to be great in February. We got to be great in May. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be different, that's for sure. You know, I'm hoping for a great birthday celebration. So then my birthday falls on May 7th. And then, of course, the state title game is May the 8th. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we can have a great season and and hopefully uh, finish it off this year with the state title and we can have a a big birthday celebration along with (laughs) Tarver football celebration and just have a great weekend. Talking about things being different this season, I'm sure you're used to yelling at your your players for certain things. What about yelling yelling at them for not having their mask on while while they're playing? How strange has that been? You know, with with everything that's going to be different this year from from worrying about quarantine, staying six feet apart, mask on underneath the helmets. What, what what's that been like? 
Yeah, it, it's just been different. And I'll be honest with you, I think my kids have done a really good job. My coaches have done a good job. I mean, the last thing we want to do is, uh, you know, not be able to complete our season because at least because uh, we're not, uh, you know, following the proper protocol now. Uh, like I just found out that you can follow every single protocol you want to. Um, and, you know, you've got to sign in now and you got to answer the questions and you got to temperature check and you got to wear your mask and you got to socially distance and you got to have less than 25 in the weight room at times. So you got to do that in two segments and you got to clean between, you got to clean after. So you can do all of that. Um, and I think that my, our kids understand, listen, you know, we, we're doing the best we can. Everybody wants to have the season. You know, nobody wants to be responsible uh, for shutting down anything. And, uh, you know, but unfortunately, I think we can do whatever we want to and do the best we can. I still think occasionally it's going to strike and you're just going to have to adjust and adapt. And, you know, uh, my biggest fear is we're playing great football and, you know, we come maybe middle of the round to the playoffs and we're cooking and all of a sudden, boom, you know, you get shut down for two weeks. Well, you just basically – lost your opportunity to, to advance, you know, and that's mm -hmm. kind of scary. But, uh, you know, you just do the best you can and, and, and you try to learn and uh, you try to be patient with the kids because it's something new to them. Uh, matter of fact, I'm getting ready to order these Velcro face guard masks that you put on your face mask. And, you know, uh, so my, my kids can start getting used to wearing them to practice before they have to do it uh, full time in a game. So, uh That'll make it easier because once you attach that to the face mask, then obviously all you got to do is tell your kids to leave it alone, and this is part of your becomes part of your helmet like a chin strap. So, but they're getting good at it. I'll give them credit. They uh, they they try to do the best they can to to follow and to make sure that uh, everybody's safe. Are those the official ones endorsed by Dr. Fauci? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if he's actually endorsed anything or not. <laughs> But, but I know the high school athletic association has endorsed them. That's so I know if I get yeah. them, I should be good. I mean, it's <laughs> e I remember a couple of years, it have been a few, few than a, a couple of years ago, but they were going crazy on the type of gloves these kids could wear. <laughs> and they had to be approved by the high school athletic association. Yep. I'm like, it's a football glove. Does, does it really, really matter? I mean, these guys want to buy nice gloves. Some of them, you know, were NFL gloves or college gloves, and their officials are checking before games, and he can't wear this glove. And I'm like, this is really what we're concerned about? Seriously? <laughs> hey, you know, that happened anyway, at Rose. Lonnie, Lonnie Baker was on the sideline at Rose and got into a heated argument before the game about the same thing because he said, this is week six. These guys have worn these gloves for five weeks, and you <laughs> knuckleheads are coming over here, and they just got into a heated – it was it was hilarious. I mean, it was great, great, yeah. great theater. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I just – I just think we have bigger concerns, you know, with high school football, to be honest with you. I mean, I get tired sometimes of – and I know everybody's got protocol, but now, you know, they're uh, going to the type of number you have on your jersey. You know, they're getting rid of that and the certain piping you wear on your jersey. I know one JV game, an officiating crew – uh, wouldn't let the kids play because the spikes were th uh, a quarter of an inch too long. And I'm like, <laughs> really? That, that, that wasn't taller, though, thank God. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you hear some crazy things. But overall, I will say this. I mean, I know I'm bashing the officials just a little bit. But really, I think they do a wonderful job. Uh, it's a tough game to officiate. It's getting faster. You know, the plays happen at a higher rate of speed. That's why I just think our focus needs to be on officiating the game once the whistle blows rather than some of the minute things. But I do understand the importance of the mask, though, to keep everybody safe. 
So, Coach, your son Clay was a senior on the team last year. He's now a freshman at NC State. He was a huge part of the leadership on your squad last year. Have you had any seniors or other players um, this year step up into that role? Um, yeah, I mean, you always have you, you you always have players that have to step up. I mean, every year we usually graduate on average, you know, twenty to twenty-two seniors, and most of them had huge impacts on the, the success on the team before. And some of them obviously were better leaders than other. I thought uh, I was always very proud of Clay, uh, how much heart he put into studying film with me, and you know, going out there. He knew he wasn't the biggest or the fastest, but. Uh, he, he really has a great mind for the game of football. And matter of fact, he tells me now he's thinking about becoming a football coach, but that's a new discussion for another day. But, um, and of course he told me throughout high school, he would never be a high school football <laughs> coach. And now one year into college, he's like, dad, you may be right. I, I, I kind of got an itch to be a coach. And I'm like, well, I'll imagine that. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, he graduated I'm very proud of him. You know, it was tough. Uh, we, we won a lot of games together and unfortunately we couldn't win the last one together, but, um, no complaining about it. I've been blessed and he was fun to coach, but uh, we got great guys coming up. I got a great senior class. Um, you know, Evan Morris is going to be kind of a quiet leader. You know, he's going to be uh, stepping in an inside backer for me. Uh, Zay Pitt's going to be in there. I got Makai Taylor as an outside backer. I got Tobias Pittman uh, as a junior who's going to step in. So those guys, you know, I usually, because I coach the linebacker, so I look at that crew as an extension to me on the field. And I've got enough quality guys smart guys out there that uh you know they're going to make sure our checks are sound they're going to make sure we get lined up and you know they're going to you know make sure that uh in the heat of the battle you know stay calm you know i always tell them don't get caught up in the ebb and flow of the game you know take a deep breath no big deal regroup so yeah i think i got some great leaders on this team and, and i think you know they're obviously they're going to be essential to the type of success we can have this year you know, Coach, speaking of blessings, I mean, I came here 37 years ago, and, and I was blessed to work with coaches. You know, I was a baby trying to learn this new job. And, you know, That's guys like, like Jim Brett at Tarboro and uh, Jimmy Tillman at Southwest yep. Edgecombe and, and, you know, the Lonnie Bakers of the world, just, just outstanding men, outstanding coaches. And, and, and to be honest with you, now those guys all have stadiums named after them. So you're, you're, heading, that, you're heading that way. I'm getting old, and you'll have, you know, all of Tarboro named after you. But it, it's really – I just think it's a neat deal that, that the coaches, you know, the way they, they, they work for their teams, they work for their kids, they work for their players, their programs. I mean, all of Tarboro loves Tarboro football. That's just, you know, something that, you know, the whole town, you know, they say closes down and goes to the game. But that's what happens at Tarboro, and it's kind of a neat deal, and it's just a neat thing that we've had, you know, these outstanding coaches through the years. I mean, it's meant a lot to me. My high school coach, I still think about him a lot because he yelled at me all the time. But, but I had a lot of respect for him, too. I mean – so it's uh, it's just one of those things that I've always looked up to those guys because you know high school football coaches if they got paid by the hour it would be what about ten fifteen cents an hour coach maybe yeah I think you're clicking it pretty good <laughs> exactly. you, may be, you may be giving us a little bit exactly. you know, maybe five cents you know yeah. but uh, but you know it, it's like it's like any other any job you know you got to love it and you pour your heart into it and um, you know I'll be honest with you you know. I've had, I've had such a, a long run of success, and I always say I've, I've got a great coaching staff, which I do. They do a tremendous job, and of course the kids got to buy in. But I, you know, and so I'm putting in all the, all these hours, and you know, at the end of the year, sometimes we are the best team in the state. If not, we're usually up there competing for it. Uh, and I look at some of these coaches, and I'm like, you know, they're they're out there putting just as much time as I am, and, and they're going, you know, four and six, or they're going three and seven. But that's the best they can do in their situation, and then. 
I really think, man, I got to take my hat off the coaches. And some of them are good friends of mine. I mean, I know they're trying to do it the right way, but, you know, they just have trouble, you know, whether it be trying to get coaches to buy in or whether they just don't have the talent to compete at that level yet. And um, so I never complain about the hours just because at the end of the day, uh, there's there's been a whole lot of payoff. And, you know, I just, like I said, I, I don't ever take it for granted. I, I've worked with great coaches here. I've always said I've almost coached out of fear because, you know, I've, I didn't want to ever let people down, the, the Doug Alexanders of the world, that he was so successful early on at Tallboro. And then everybody knows Jim Brett came along and, and the job that he did. And uh, then there's a little bit of a lull. You know, I think we played for the state title in 98 under Mike Schott. That was his defensive yeah, coordinator. Schott, but, yeah. you know, but um, – and I always thought, man, when I took the job over, I was like, well, that, there, that, there's a lot to live up to in this town. And I was like, I, I don't want to be the one to drop the ball. So I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I may have been coaching out of fear on all these years, too. I don't want to let the town down. I don't let anybody down. I don't want to let the uh, the coaching tree that has been, you know, a lot of people are so familiar with the Tallboro down. So I just tried to carry it along and. I'm going to pass the baton off one of these years, and I'm going to let somebody else run with it. But uh, it's been fun, and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. All right. Hey, you're doing what you love, and that's all that I'm sure Tarboro can ask for, and you're doing pretty good at it. So, we, <laughs> yeah, um, so we're super excited to watch you. Obviously, you guys were our top, our number one in our top nine for a lot of our weeks here in Touchdown Friday, but Touchdown Friday coming up soon. And, Coach, thank you um, again for joining us. Did you have any other closing comments or remarks about the season or your team? No, I just uh, wish all football teams, you know, to stay safe and uh, nothing but the best. I appreciate you guys reaching out to me and asking questions about Tarboro football. I appreciate the coverage that, that we get from, from your area. And uh, we're going to try once again to put a great product on the field and uh, bring that state title back east this year. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate yes, sir. It. Thank you. Yeah, he's one of the best. Re- really a good guy and uh, just a, a great leader amongst men. And, and was and he had a disappointing ending of his season uh, in 19. And, of course, 20 hasn't happened yet. Right? Yeah, no, the 2020 was... season starts on <laughs> when, when he brought up the when, that they played in December. And he's like, I can't remember the last time we played. Like, Man, right. they didn't play for all of 2020. The entire calendar year yeah. didn't play once. Yeah, that is pretty crazy, crazy to think. And they uh, – they snapped their 44-game win streak in their state championship game, obviously, in um, 2019. So definitely a lot of grit will be going out on that field to try and bring that um, that win streak back. But Touchdown yeah, Friday. I don't know how many people will be surprised if, <laughs> if they see them in the state championship game again. But we've got Touchdown Friday, which begins on February 26th. You can tune in every Friday night at 11 p.m. with this guy, Sports Director Brian Bailey, with the latest scores and highlights. Yeah, that'd be fun. We're gonna we'll actually kick off. We're gonna do a sports cast around 11:15, okay. and then we're gonna do Touchdown Friday probably around 11:20. We'll kick it off and go to 11:35. Yeah, it'll be a little <laughs> smaller because the private schools aren't playing. They've already played their season, and we really don't know week to week. Yeah, how who's many gonna games play? Will, will there be? Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I think there's gonna be a couple. At least twice this season, we'll show up for oh, a yeah. game and it I'm won't sure. be played. And so, you know, we're going to have some some deals like that. Plus, we've got so much, you know, everything else going on with pirate baseball yep. and you know more. I think it'll and... probably be that first week of high school football. 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it'll probably be the, the busiest time of year ever because you have high school <laughs> basketball closing, high school football starting, yeah. ECU basketball playing, ECU never baseball, like softball, it. lacrosse, volleyball, <laughs> soccer. Not to mention the other high school sports, too. You did that without <laughs> even looking down. I'm proud of you. That's good. <laughs> good job. All right, so turning to high school basketball, we've got a couple of unbeaten teams. Um, South Central improved to a perfect 12-0 on season on Tuesday night with their win over J.H. Rose and Farmville Central 9-0. Um, stayed unbeaten Tuesday night again. The Jaguars knocked off betting field in Wilson, 88-66. to Now, this is the final week of the regular season for high school basketball. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see you know, how the playoffs go. And, and I think that's the scariest thing for high school basketball right now. It's going to be the yes. scariest thing for high school football when they get into late April is or yeah. mid-April. If you get that I mean, positive if test. If you get that positive test, or even if you get some type of contact tracing where you lose people, I think that's even bigger. Or if you play a team that's got Right, it. if you play and a team. And then you beat them, and then you go and uh, beat, win a game seventy-two to nothing, and you you're you know you're like you know we killed them. And you know, then, well, their center had it, exactly. so you're out now too. So oh, so it's we just don't know how it's going to affect everything, and uh, they can't delay the playoffs really. So I'm I, just waiting to see when a team comes up and says, "Hey, we can't." And volleyball got lucky; they got through it. You yeah, know, I don't congratulations think congratulations to Dee Conley and they Conley had a couple well, of players that they were did. out, but and they still managed to, to yeah. win the state title, which is impressive. Yeah. But volleyball, I think, did go through without anything bad happening on either side of the bracket, and I could be wrong about that stat. But as far as I'm aware, yeah. well, North Lenore, when I was covering them when they were in their playoff run, had said they were so good about what they were doing. They did not miss a single practice. They did not have anyone in quarantine, but they were very strict with what they did. The coaches were right on them, and the players were with them as well. Saying, I wouldn't hey. be surprised if Coach Williford's going to have those guys in, in hazmat suits walking through <laughs> class. <laughs> <laughs> All right, turning to college hoops, ECU men's and women's both basketball both have some postponements again with COVID-19. Joe Dooley and the guys remain on a COVID-19 pause. Sunday's game between ECU and Wichita State has been postponed because of COVID-19 within the Pirates program. The women, the ladies were scheduled to play this afternoon down in Houston. However, we've got some weather now into the play. Um, that has forced them to postpone as well. Yeah, and that's that's crazy, crazy. too because I, I don't remember really through the years remember <laughs> any games being postponed because of weather. I mean, I guess it's happened from time to time, but usually you know, it's more along the lines of you know a team comes to Greenville and maybe we have bad weather and we right. just wait till the next maybe day to play. Or, <laughs> I think I remember some things like that, but to cancel a whole trip, you know, that rarely happens. But the, the weather down in Texas r- yeah, rarely happens either. So. I think yeah, we're on the uh, lucky outside corners. I don't know if you've seen the U.S. map with the weather, but someone said it looked like a 7-Eleven burrito that's been half cooked because the outsides are warm and the inside is cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a good analogy. That's, that's a TMI. It was a tweet. It was not a mine. TMI. <laughs> but the Pirate Ladies return home for their first game in Mindy's Coliseum since January 30th. Um, they'll host Wichita State Saturday at 1 p.m. And that will also be on ESPN+. It all goes as planned. Right. <laughs> all right. Big if. Preface it with that. Yes. UNC Tar Heels are scheduled to play tonight in Chapel Hill against Northeastern. Their most recent game yesterday on Tuesday was postponed against Virginia Tech due to COVID cases on Tech's team. What an interesting, you know, that's something that we we haven't seen ever before either is these teams scheduling games that, that weren't, they weren't supposed to play, right. but what UNC, for example, they're a team that is trying to make it into the NCAA tournament. So they right now, especially after their loss to UVA last week, need, need a couple of wins to really 
put them on the right. right side of the bubble. And and so they, I remember I saw the tweet at the beginning of the week that they were looking for a game to add after it was announced that the Virginia Tech game was not going to be played. And sure enough, Northeastern, you know, comes along, hey, we'd like to play. And, and that's something that we've never seen before. Middle of the, the season scheduling. Mm-hmm. And we'll see it in action tonight. And Roy Williams had said that they kind of reached out to East Carolina and the UNC Wilmington. and They, they were both on pause. They uh-huh. couldn't play. So right. I think that that would have been nice to see an in-state game like that. That would have been really cool. But it was uh, not to be. That is fresh. And UNC played last on February 13th at Virginia. They lost 60-48. to 48. But right now, 12-7 and 7 on the season, hoping to grab another win against Northeastern tonight. Now, Duke, on the other hand, even record 8-8 eight and eight played at NC State this past weekend. Beat NC State and will play Wake Forest tonight at 8.30. Yeah, the Blue Devils losing one of their best players as well in Jalen Johnson. He decides yeah. to opt out. For the rest of this season, you know, I saw him catch a, a little bit of flack that that he's maybe quitting on the team. But if you really think about it, he's got an opportunity to, to be a first round draft pick. They're not going to make a postseason right. run, so he decides to opt out. Now Duke's really only chance of making the NCAA tournament for the it'll be the first time that they miss it if they do since 1995. But if if they the only way that they can get it now essentially is winning the the conference tournament, and uh, the odds are against them to say the least. All right, NC State, our other Raleigh team looking to, well, our other team in the triangle, excuse me, looking to snap their two-game losing streak tonight at Pitt. This will be the Pack and the Panthers' first meeting of the season. They're 8-9 on the season, obviously. Like we mentioned, not too much going on here uh, in North Carolina, so to speak, yeah, for some of these basketball teams. It's been tough. <laughs> NC State obviously lost their best player earlier this season, and and they're in another situation where I think they're just trying to get through the the end of the schedule. They started so strong. I think they started six and one, seven and one, something like that. And and uh, things have not gone their way for the, these past couple of weeks. Did you see the tweet earlier this week? I forgot who tweeted it out, but it was it was all the logos of teams that were undefeated against yeah. uh, uh, top, top ten yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. And East Carolina was right was in the right middle there. of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> they should have tweeted one out undefeated against top five teams. Yeah, exactly. See how many teams were like yeah. that because that's cool. The to Pirates see. are one and zero. Yeah, in the ACC, Virginia remains at the top of the leaderboard. They're playing hot right now in the ACC. Florida State and Virginia Tech are close number two and number three. Louisville at number four right now. Miami and Boston College at the bottom of the leaderboard. But Florida State knocked off Virginia the other night and, dom- and now looks, in a good. dominating they fashion. Good. Florida State's playing the best basketball, and Florida State has uh, two losses in the league, as right. does Virginia. Virginia, I think it's 11-2, and two, and Florida State's 8-2, mm-hmm. and two, so... Uh, Virginia has a lead as far as in the win column, but uh, yeah, really, uh, Virginia has struggled against physical, big physical teams, Virginia Tech and Florida State, and they've got to correct some things. I, I think they can, and listening to Tony Bennett, I mean, he's one of the best coaches out there, and they've got really good talent, but they just haven't played well. Gonzaga was the only, uh, the other loss, and San Francisco for Virginia, and, and all at least the, the three of those teams were big physical teams, and so Virginia's got to figure that thing out. But uh, the Cavaliers and Florida State and Virginia Tech, the top three teams yeah, in the ACC. Florida State, Virginia Tech will face off, I think, next next Tuesday or this upcoming Saturday in a, in a huge game in the ACC in terms of you know regular season uh, titles. Does Tech have two losses? Is that three right? losses. Oh, they have three. They're, they're, mm-hmm. okay, they have three losses. So. All right, switching gears to ECU spring sports. ECU baseball opens up their season on Friday. Cliff Godwin, you spoke with him earlier this week. He was joking around saying he loves to be around the team, saying it keeps his blood pressure down. Yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> first, first time there's an outside pitch called on one of his batters, his blood pressure will go <laughs> skyrocketing. But uh, I think he does like this team, and they've got a lot of talent, and they're, they're really, really deep yeah. on the mound. 
Um, you know, the thing yeah. I've always said, I've said this a number of times this spring is I respect the coaches that can figure out a role for all their guys mm-hmm. and, and coach, you know, Godwin says, you know, all my guys are starters that just haven't had a chance yet and, and they all can play. And so you have to, you have to kind of space out who plays when and, and who gets a chance to start when they do. And, uh, I think it's, they've got a really good chance and, you know, around here, everybody says, okay, you know, when are they going to Omaha? Mm-hmm. And it's so difficult. I mean, right. teams, some teams, you know. It's just like East Carolina. The, the the closest they've ever come to Omaha wasn't their best team that they've had, but they they got a couple of breaks. They got on a roll, mm-hmm. and they were you know they were so close to getting to Omaha. I mean, it was a base hit up the middle that almost snuck through four base hit. It wasn't a base hit, but if it had snuck through four to base hit, they would have you know won the game against Texas Tech, the second game, and, and won that series and that super regional. But they're going to get there one of these days. It's just a, a matter of you know when is it going to be and. They're doing everything they possibly can. They're going to put a really good team on the field. Obviously a lot different this year with no fans. Um, Cliff saying that they are going to have to create their own energy, which I know he was joking. He was saying he's going to have to – what's this thing called? The safety dance. Yeah, doing yeah. the safety dance uh, from down there the guys on the like that. And the guys <laughs> the guys have always done a pretty good job of cre- – because, you know, you think about college baseball, and a lot of times we give East Carolina maybe too much credit for the crowds because some of the crowds aren't that good early in the season because mm-hmm. it's cold. Yeah. You know, and Pirate fans love their baseball. Right. But, but, you know, we all know sometimes the crowds aren't that big, but the players always do a good job of creating, you know, energy out there. And I think they, they'll be able to do a good job with this. It's just a shame that – you know, I keep seeing pictures of – I see crowded airports with people with masks on. Uh-huh. That, that's okay. But you can't put, you know, a 1,000 people in Clark LeClaire Stadium and spread or, them out. Or around the outfield. Right. I mean, you've got the whole outfield, the berm. you got the, you know, the jungle. you got all that area out there. And spread them out and, and, and let, let people come to the game. But I'm not the governor yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that an yes. announcement? Yes. Oh, I like that. All right. Yeah, really. Here's your official announcement. Yeah. You got the floor. Yeah. <laughs> what would you change? Just kidding. Don't answer no. that. Yeah. All right. Preseason All Americans. Podcast is about over. <laughs> Preseason All Americans were announced today. Bryson Worrell voted to second team, and Jake Kuchmaner um, voted to third team, which I think is a really good recognition for the Pirates heading in right um, into their season on Friday as well. But as Cl- Cliff Godwin says, it's all noise. You know, you got to go out there. You know, yep. if you're going to be an he All-American, that, you, yeah, and you want to be an All-American <laughs> at the end of the year, Cooch Maynard has the only perfect game in Pirate history, and there's hardly any video of it because uh, they were playing Maryland, and Maryland didn't shoot the games. And so but there's one <laughs> shot that somebody got on their, their cell phone that we always use for that uh, the last out of the perfect game. Uh, and Bryson World, man, he he went on a tear early last year and, and hit some dingers out early. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's really a good player. All right, softball open 2-0 on the season, won um, the doubleheader at Furman last week. Sophomore second baseman Bailey Ledvina tabbed AAC Player of the Week, and it was her first um, career honors as well this past week, which is very Got a heck of a first name. Yes. <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> All right, next game is slated for Friday against Buffalo for the Battle of at the Beach. Lacrosse, one and one on the season, beat Furman at home. I know you were at the game a little bit different. It was cold and rainy out there. Have to be up in the nice. stands. <laughs> um, they did just drop at Virginia twenty one to six. Obviously not exactly what they were hoping for on the season, but a lot to work on um down there as well. Senior Nicole Lagar also um grabbing conference recognition as midfielder of the week for her contribution during ECU's opener against Furman. So pretty cool stuff. And I've watched most of the Virginia game, and and I talked to um, Coach Moore uh, earlier this week and asked her about it, and she said, you know, they learned a whole lot about themselves. But you could just watch that game, and, and one side was just bigger, faster, stronger, and mm-hmm. and that was the Virginia team. Virginia's good this but year. But I think, yeah, they're ranked 13th in the nation, and they, they played the part. 
Well, it is funny too, because MC, the, the lacrosse assistant coach is my roommate. That staff they have over there is one of the most passionate staffs that I've ever met. She was up so late just trying to go over film, cut film, find little things that she can work on, working with girls individually, and I think it's really awesome, and they're headed in the right direction. Hey, look at last year. They lost their opener to Furman, so, I mean, to start this season with with a win versus the same team, I think, can tell you where the program's headed. Right. Their next game is Friday at Davidson. Now, soccer playing this year, one and one, also on the season, lost their opener to ODU and then beat Houston at home in overtime this past weekend. Which, did you catch any of that game? Yeah, we shared the highlights of it. It was uh, off of a corner kick, big goal, I think, and and Maeve English was named the conference goalie of the week. She's a a Greenville native, went to D.H. Conley High School. I have a story with her coming up uh, tomorrow during the 5 o'clock hour of our sportscast, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. A really cool story there. Hometown girl gets uh, gets a big win in her um, opener, so that's pretty cool. All right, soccer's next game is Saturday at VCU. Switching a little bit of gears. We're almost done, about to wrap up. I know Bailey's giving me these eyes. Stop talking. That's what he's saying to me. Stop talking. (laughs) All right, in the NBA, Charlotte Hornets, again, with the COVID problems across the NBA, sitting out a couple of games since their outbreak, since the outbreak on the Spurs team. Now, the Hornets played the Spurs on Sunday. They had an outbreak, the Spurs, and now they're forced to, with contact tracing, postpone a little bit so their next game i don't have it you know, the here. hornets aren't winning <laughs> every game but there's a lot of excitement yeah. around the hornets you know organization and, and that franchise and you, you know you want to say they're moving in the right direction i still think they might be they're either the eighth seed or ninth seed right now uh-huh. or they, there's not a ninth seed they would be i guess the ninth seed but you, they're not winning every game but it looks like things are going in the right direction that might mm-hmm. just be the media coverage of of lamello ball but oh they're i enjoy watching when they drafted the mellow ball I, I just thought you know because all i knew about him was his dad and mm-hmm. i was turned off by some of the that so but yeah, but I really like him. I mean, I really think he's an outstanding he's player. Good. He's fun to watch. I mean, he looks like he's having a good time. I think he makes he's one of those players that makes everybody around him better, and right. that's the kind of player the Hornets def, desperately need. I love how every pass, every every one of his pass, he like puts the English on it or <laughs> the the no look, the behind the back. He makes every pass look harder than I think it no. actually is. He's definitely playing big. He's only 19 years old. Right. Yeah, that's There's incredible. That's incredible. Like, watching him, he looks like a veteran player. What a, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of no cool, too, how, you know, he's one of the, the few players in the, in the league that didn't, you know, play out of college. He went overseas to 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 play professionally and skip the whole college thing, which which is also a kind of cool storyline that, that makes his aura different as well. Right. All right. We'll wrap things up with the games. It is game day in Raleigh. They are 10-3 and three on the season, scheduled to play at 5 this evening against the Florida Panthers. Why 5? Well, because COVID and everything is all switched up. Well, the reason they're <laughs> playing at 5 is because uh, they had to reschedule some games, and Wednesday night is a national window, I believe, for NBCSN. I think that's who it is. And so they, they have to – if they want to show the game regionally, they mm-hmm. have to schedule them around the national broadcast. But I think, I think that's uh, – the reasoning that goes into that because they weren't scheduled to play any Wednesday games this year. All right. Well, we, can we find highlights tonight? Five o'clock will happen. All right. Five o'clock highlights with Brian Bailey. 
that will do it, I guess. Do you guys have anything else for this week's uh, podcast? No, I don't no, think. Only I don't gets think busier you, from here. I don't think you can Here think of anything else, can you? Let's hope for some sunshine and no more rain. <laughs> yeah, let's hope for <laughs> yeah, that. No so we kidding. can be outside and it, enjoy the sports. I thought we were good after yesterday. And I got that. 10 I bucks so. for either one of you guys if you're on a Zoom with Coach Godwin if you ask him about the weather forecast. I would refuse to go. I'll do it. <laughs> you might, and you might get away with it, but the rest of us won't. All right. It's a bet. It's on. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. That will do it for our WNCT 90-year side sports talk. For Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, I'm Kelsey O'Donnell. Thanks for listening.